This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This podcast is brought to you by Midland Radio USA, your leader in overlanding and off-road communications. Also, join the brigade at truckbrigade.com, the best of the best for off-road and overlanding gear. Rigid Industries Off-Road Lighting. Own the night with Rigid. Radar Tires, an active supporter of the Breast Cancer Research Foundation and manufactured carbon neutral since 2013. Smittybill Off-Road, providing high-quality products built for living the off-road lifestyle. ICS Fabrication, designing industry-leading mounts, drawer systems, and off-road accessories. And Blue Coolers, 10-day ice at half the price. Welcome to the Anderson Overland Podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's time to rise and shine. Or maybe not. Maybe it's evening time for you, wherever you are. But this morning, this beautiful morning, we are here with Nathan from CBI and Prince U. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you having us. We're excited to be here. Yeah, man. I've, I've been super excited to have you guys too. I've been looking forward to this for weeks. I I actually got a, a message from Truck Brigade and they're like, dude, the guys at CBI want to be on your podcast. And and then Chase Gentry was like, dude, you guys got to get these guys on. I'm like, yes, I would love to. So, man, thank you guys so much for being here and spending the time with us. And uh, tell us about we'll just go right into it. Like, tell us about who you guys are and, and what you guys do and and uh, where'd you guys come from? Yeah. So um, it's it's kind of a little bit of a story, actually, as far as. I guess our evolution with CBI and Prinsu. Um, CBI Off-Road was a company that was started here in Idaho Falls, Idaho. And um, it wasn't started by us. It was actually started by a guy that we were working with back in um, kind of that 2007 to 2010 uh, timeframe. Mm. Um, the guy's name is Steve Egan, and he's the one that started CBI Off-Road. And uh, myself and my dad, Hal, we were working with Steve and he was building UTV parts for us. Actually. No way. Huh. So this was back in the day of the Yamaha Rhino, kind of 
not quite the original side by side, but one of the first side by sides. And um, we were building some front and rear bumpers. We were building some roll cages and a few different parts. And Steve was the one that was building those for us. And then we do a full build out on them. We, we put the parts on, do some custom paint jobs, lift wheels and tires and, you know, all kinds of fun products. And um, anyways, uh, as we got closer to um, the end of 2010, Steve came to us and said, you know what, I've, I've decided I'm going to sell my business. Um, and he was building Toyota products at the time. He had a few products that he was building. And, and he said, I'm going to sell my business. Do you guys know anyone who may be interested? And um, anyways, we were, my dad and I were talking about it one day. And, and we've always been big time um, car enthusiasts, you know, trucks, cars, um, hot rods, you know, vintage cars, whatever it was, automobile related, we've always been very into and excited about. And um, I was just getting ready to graduate. I was doing some, uh, I was doing uh, construction management and business management, actually. In oh, wow. Wow. And um, I was, I had a few projects on the side that I was doing with my dad, because he'd done a few developments and things like that. And and this was 2010, of course, so the market still wasn't great. And we got talking about it. We're like, man, maybe we should, maybe we should talk to Steve about buying <laughs> his business from him. That would yeah. like, give us an opportunity to get into the, you know, the off-road world, aftermarket parts. And, yeah. and, you know, we know it's a passion of ours. And anyway, so we just got talking about it and, and we thought, you know what, let's, let's do this. Let's give it a shot and, and see what happens. So in September, September 1st of 2010 is when my dad and I bought the business from Steve. And, um, at the time it was, it was Steve and he had a part-time, uh, welder helping him, but it was just the two of them. Uh -huh. Um, so I became employee number two or, or three, depending on how you, you look at it. <laughs> And, um, and we just started going to town on it and, and, uh, you know, over the course of the last 12 years, um, we've just been working on growing and developing our brand, growing and developing our products. Um, Steve was building primarily for the second generation Tacoma mm. and the third generation forerunner, um, fourth generation forerunner. Hadn't really done anything with the fifth gen forerunner when that came out in 2010 yet. Um, right. And, and had a fairly limited product offering. Um, so anyways, we just, we just went to work, you know, I, I went to work figuring out the product line, figuring out the industry. Um, Steve went to work just building products. I mean, he's a phenomenal welder and fabricator. Um, Steve still works for us today. Wow. That's um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's in our, uh, our R and D department, um, and is a welder for us. So he's part of the R and D team that, um, not only is, is part of the ideas that go into our product development, but he's one of two individuals that welds up and builds all of our new products. So he's part of that process and, what a rad thing to have him be, you know, be still a part of that whole, you know, foundation and still be in the company working with you guys, man. That is rad. Yeah. Have like one of yeah, the, OG, a, the OGs, like, you know, still doing stuff with you. That's rad. 
Yep. He's wow. a great guy, phenomenal welder, lots of great ideas and, and really a great asset to the team for sure. That's awesome, so, man. Yeah, you know what? That's it. That is key, man, to have those people, you know, in your pocket to, you know, to help push the company and to, you know, stay focused on, you know, those, those, uh, you know, those core ideas and, you know, uh, what you guys have set as a mission, you know, to have those people in place and, and to help guide the company and, and make the company successful. I mean, that, that's what I, I always tell my guys, man, it's all about team. You know, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about, you know, that guy, it's about us as a, as a team and a well-oiled machine. And, and, yeah. um, you know, you gotta, I always trying to put, you know, they always tell you as a businessman, you know, um, hire people and put people in places that you know, are smarter than you, you know, that have, you know, more experience than you or whatever. And I always try and do that. Cause yeah. you know, I, I mean, I have my own life experiences and things that I've done and in business and in the fire service and stuff, but man, I'll tell you what, I, I, uh, I so respect the guys that, that I work with. Cause man, it's like, you know, in certain aspects of the job, they're so much better than I am at those things. And it's like, when we earn vice versa or whatever, you know, and you come into these, these, um, situations is, you know, just like with you guys, you come in situations where you have something going on or you've got an idea or whatever to pull from those resources and make it happen, man. That's what it's all about. It's so cool. It's so gratifying to me to, you know, that process, I guess is so, so awesome. And to have somebody like that with you guys still, that's, that's awesome, man. That's priceless. Yeah. It makes a big difference. And really, you know, you hit on a key point. It really is part of the process that people are, and um, I feel like over the years, I mean, that's been a key part of our growth is having the right people. We've had right. a lot of um, a lot of people who have joined our team and then left for other opportunities. And we have a lot of people that have um, stayed on and have been on long term and, and part of the growth. And each one of them has brought, you know, new aspects, um, new ideas, new new excitement and um that really kind of boils down to the culture that we have here. You know, we've tried to develop a, a very team oriented culture. And, and this sounds really cliche to say that because I think every <laughs> business out there is like, Hey, we want to, we want to be a team. We want to act as a team. Yeah. And, right. You know, we're going to win as a team and, you know, and, and, yeah. and it is very cliche, but, um, we try to take that into account day in and day out. And so as we meet amongst our different departments and different teams, um, that is at the forefront of our conversation. We're, we're talking about that, you know, yeah. and we're, we're evaluating how we work as a team day in and day out. And, you know, if we feel like there's an issue, then we bring it up. And I think it's created this culture of, of a bunch of, really smart, talented individuals that are just excited to work together. Yeah. And I think that's been a big, yeah, I think that's been a big part of our growth. You know, our, our, we have over a hundred employees now, you know, almost 12 years later. And wow. And the, the goal when we bought the company wasn't to, you know, create a, a company with 50 employees or a hundred employees or more, or, you know, (laughs) certain revenue goals. We just wanted to, um, really just continue to perfect our craft. You know, the, the products that we build, we want to build the best product possible. We want to create some new and innovative ideas for our, our customers that will help them get out and explore and have fun and, and utilize their vehicles in the way that they want and, and really have those experiences that they're, they're trying to have. Right. Yeah. And you know what, man, I think that 
like you said, you know, the, the whole team player thing is like this cliche, but there, there are probably little, you know, um, what am I trying to say here? There, there are probably a lack, a lack thereof of, of companies that actually implement that, you know, they'll talk about it all day long and be like, yeah, we want to be a team, blah, 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 blah. And then you got, you know, employees are like, oh, the freaking team, whatever, you know, like, yeah. I don't know what the hell <laughs> yeah. you're talking about, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, I'm sure you've worked for companies. I've worked for companies where, you know, the CEOs or whoever, you know, boss man gets up and talks in front of everybody. And they're like, we want to do this and we're a team and we're, you know, all about our people and blah, blah. And mm-hmm. everybody in the crowd's like, huh whatever this guy is freaking high, you know, like, I don't know what yeah. the hell this guy drank this morning, you know? Yeah. And, and to actually have companies that follow through and actually really stand firm on that and really believe in what they say, you know, walk the walk, talk to talk kind of thing. You know, I mean, obviously you guys are doing awesome and everybody that I talk to, you know, talks super highly of you guys. And obviously you guys are doing it right, man. And, and it's such a, you know, such a, a rare thing, I think, with a lot of companies to really put that time and effort into their, their employees, because your employees is what makes your business or your employees are what makes you successful. I can't go to an incident, you know, and not count on my guys a hundred percent, you know, because my life depends on it. Their life depends on it. And, you know, yeah, that's an extreme, you know, example, but same with you guys. I mean, your business, your livelihood, your income, your family depends on the success of those employees. And I'm such a firm believer in that, man. Like you build up your employees, you empower them, you make them into leaders and they will lead your company down that path. And, and, and after, you know, you're gone, that company will Mm -hmm. still be going down the tracks. And, um, you know, I, I tell my guys, uh, I, I have the four, my four big rules. And, and one is do your job, treat people, right. All in attitude, all out effort. And man, that is so like, such a foundation for everything, you know? And I, I think that that builds that team that builds that confidence that builds the attitude in people for everyday operations and, and will make you successful. And, you know, I, uh, I'm stoked to hear that you guys, you know, put so much emphasis and effort into, you know, your company and who works for you and, and keeping that, that, uh, you know, established because, uh, super important, man. It is. It is. It's way important. And it's, it just makes it fun too. You know, yeah, really, the environment the day, it creates. Yeah. Creates to have motivated people and yeah, yeah, exactly. Motivated people that, that are stoked to work and, you know, excited yeah. to do stuff. And they're like, man, check this out. What do you think about this? And how do you know, should we do this or yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. great, dude. That's so cool. cool. So like, uh, what, <laughs> what are you guys like, what do you guys build? Tell our, our, our listeners, what are you guys about as far as what products do you guys build and, and you know, what, what is uh, CBI and Prince about as far as the product side? Yeah. So, um, I mean, just, I guess, continuing on, I, I didn't finish um, the Prince side, but just to give you how, how Prince came in to be um, Prince was a company that we acquired in 2017 Um was another really cool company. Uh, uh, local gentleman out of Utah was the one that created the Prince roof rack, that, that modular, you know, all aluminum design and style. And, uh, he was a customer of ours. That's how we got to know him <laughs> no is, is he was buying our CBI products for his Tacoma, his front and rear bumper, his sliders, his skid plates, his bed rack. And, and it was just an awesome dude, you know, one of those guys yeah. that we just got to know and, and, um, did a few little partner things with him, And, and, um, he actually was going to school to be a landscape architect. 
Wow. And uh, in late 2016, early 2017, um, he was just, you know, he was just filling the the weight of everything, you know, <laughs> right. orders coming in, still trying to do his <laughs> landscape architecture and, you know, doing fulfilling orders in the evenings and on the weekends. And I think he was just burned out. And ultimately he wanted to be a landscape architect. That was like his, his 100% true passion. Yeah. And so, um, we were talking to him and I said, well, man, why don't we partner? Why don't, why don't we help you? We could help you with some of this. And, and he ultimately decided that he, he wanted to just sell the business. It would allow him to do his landscape architecture, still, still be a, uh, uh, an enthusiast for overlanding and off-roading, you know, he didn't have to worry about the business side. He could use his truck, take his family out and, and he was a big time outdoors kind of guy. And so um, we ended up buying the company from him in 2017. That's what brought on Prinsu. That's awesome. Um, but as far as our product offering, um, really, we've always been, uh, had the niche of Toyota, um, Tacoma and Forerunner primarily have been the primary vehicles and um, front and rear bumpers and rock sliders and skid plates have really been the core products on the CVI side. Um, we later added um, one of the, and this is, this is kind of a, a tidbit of knowledge that may be interesting for you, but um, this was shortly, I think it was in 2011, if I remember right. But anyways, um, my dad is a Jeep guy. And uh-huh. that has always been a Jeep guy. And so here we are, this company is building Toyota products and he was feeling, <laughs> he was feeling left out to say the least. <laughs> right. Like, wait a so, minute, so, you guys um, are, <laughs> what about me? Yeah, that's, that's literally how it was. He had a four door JK, um, a Rubicon and, and you know, everything that we made, none of it fit his vehicle. None <laughs> of it was even close to working with his vehicle. And so he talked us into building some bumpers and stuff for his vehicle and for his JK. And we sold some JK bumpers for a while um, oh, cool. doing that. But what was interesting is that brought on one of our first, um, I, I would say, new innovative products, which was the ditch light bracket. Uh-huh. And the reason I say that is because up until that point, to our knowledge, there was no company out there. Um, besides in the Jeep world that was selling a bracket that would allow you to mount lights on the A pillar. Uh-huh. And so we're here, we are building out his Jeep and we have a third gen forerunner and a Tacoma sitting there. And, and I'm looking at him one day and I'm like, this is baloney, man. Cause we've just gone out on the trail and, and we got, got stuck out on the trail at night and we were up near um, Wyoming, uh, uh-huh. Teton, Teton Valley and um we're going down the road and all of a sudden these deer are flying across the road, you know. And so <laughs> right. he he flips on his lights on the A pillar and it they were just slightly angled out. And so it just helped tremendously. Right. To see, see all these, these eyes deer. looking back at you in the ditches. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm like, we gotta get this on these Toyotas. This yeah. is super useful. Heck yeah. And so we went to work and we figured it out. And so the first dish light that we made was actually for a third generation forerunner and um, mounted it to the hood hinge. 
and then snake the bracket up and, and put some LED pod lights on there. Actually, yeah. the, the first lights we mounted, this shows how long ago this was. They weren't even LED. They were um, those Hella 4000s, which are oh, like a, yeah. a four-inch yeah. halogen light. Pretty nice Sweet. light for a halogen light. But yeah. um, anyways, we did those. And then we got a set for the Tacomas and we're like, holy cow, these are incredibly useful. Um, we didn't, at first we were pointing them forward or we'd point them almost 90 degrees to the side. And the more we messed with it, we found about a 45 degree angle was perfect because then your, your headlights and your high beams, um, and, uh, the light force, I don't know if you remember the old light force, like nine inch halogen lights that oh, we yeah. had on oh, yeah. of our, our, uh, <laughs> vehicle as well. Um, you know, those were hitting everything in front and the ditch light brackets, which is where the name came from, were lighting up the sides of the road, the ditch area. Yeah. And at the time we had a customer from Canada that brought his third gen forerunner down to have us build it out. And I was telling him, I was talking to him on the phone one day and I was telling him about these brackets. I'm like, we got to put some of these on your forerunner. They work so well. Yeah. And of course he was excited about it. And, um, he's like, yeah, do it. I'm going to be down next week. Um, he was passing through to go to Mexico on an overland trip. Right. And <laughs> nice I said, and conveniently. Put, <laughs> yeah. I said, let's put them on your vehicle and you go test them out and see what you think. And when he got to our shop, you know, we didn't have a name for these brackets. Right. And I just kept calling them A-pillar brackets or windshield brackets or whatever. And, <laughs> and he's like, you know what? You need to call these ditch light brackets because up in Canada, he's from Canada, uh, we call it the ditch, you know, on the, the ditch, side of yeah. the road. And yeah. These are perfect to light up the, the ditch. <laughs> perfect name. Yeah. And so that's how they came to be. So that was one of our, our new products that kind of started in, in our infancy with CBI. And, um, and then I we think, started doing, I think Go I've ahead. got, I think I've got the first, um, generation of ditch lights for my foreigner from you guys. It's funny. It yeah. just sparked this memory. Yeah, I was in, uh, I was in Colorado in Uray. And one of my bros up there was like, Hey man, you want some ditch lights for your truck? I'm getting rid of these. I'm going with something, you know, another a type of light. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have brackets. So he's like, no, he's like, I'll give you brackets too. I have an extra set. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty darn sure that the brackets that I have that I've had, I mean, they've been on there for years, you know, a couple of years now are CBI. Awesome. Yeah. It's funny oh, that you're talking awesome, about man. that. Yeah. I think I have one of the first gen brackets that you guys built on my runner right now. Um, but yeah, he's like, yeah, dude, here, here, check these out, you know, switch these out. We switched them out right in the parking lot. I don't know if you get, you guys went to the old FJ summit, right? We did. Yeah. Yeah. We went to that for quite a few years. Yeah. We just did it like on one of the main streets right there. Just did this whole switch out and wired these lights lights up. Yeah. For a night run or something. Yeah. Yeah, man. I missed that, that, um, that event. That was an awesome event. I think that's probably where we probably met you guys the first time or, you know, um, interacting with CBI and stuff. And, uh, man, that, yeah, it's a bummer that they discontinued that now, but, um, you know, we're, we're totally is. bummed because we agree. That was one of the funnest events out there just to, to, to get out on the trail, spend the majority of your time on the trail, yeah. hanging out with people and having such fun. a beautiful town and yeah. oh, the scenery. Yeah. Everywhere, the town on the trails, the hot incredible. springs, <laughs> the hot yeah. springs. Dude, so we, epic. Uh, 
we were talking about that actually this year because they canceled it. We're like, we got to make that a yearly trip because it's just such a unique place. We don't want to miss out on that opportunity. We should, you know what, man, I, I, uh, I've, I've said it over and over on this podcast. We, we did an event in big bear called trucks and tacos as a kind of like a pilot with truck brigade. And it was insane. Like it, it just was like nuts. Like we had no idea this many people were going to show up. And we, we did this uh, basically like, um, almost like, you know, expo and Flagstaff, you know, everybody set up their trucks and we had, you know, a couple, you know, not really a lot of vendors there for the, for the first event, um, just because of permitting and stuff. We kind of wanted to see if anybody would show up. Um, but we yeah. had a couple vendors come with their rigs. They just didn't set up their, their stuff. Um, but yeah. we did this whole like truck show kind of, you know, meet and greet kind of thing. And then, uh, our friends have a restaurant right next door to where we had this, this event and they catered it with tacos and we did a bunch of raffles at their, wow. their restaurant. Yeah. And then that night we took everybody to a camp spot and then we did trail runs the whole next day in big bear Lake. And it was oh, epic. Cool. And it was kind of like, it was almost like a super short, you know, FJ summit, you know, but yeah. I've always thought like, man, we should freaking team up with somebody and revitalize that, you know, that thing and do something up in, you know, up in Ure or, or even, sure. gosh, even, you know, somewhere around there. If, if Ure is not like, you know, wanting that to happen in that town for some reason, I don't know what's going on politically there, but right. to have it in another area and then still do the trail runs there and not like inundate town with something. It'd be so rad to do that. I miss, like you said, that was like one of the most epic, you know, events. It wasn't like anything, you know, crazy. I mean, I guess black bear is a little crazy, but you know, it was like, uh, you know, from the the beginner all the way to like the advanced kind yeah. of person. And there's some people like, well, I didn't need to spend, I've had people tell me, oh, I didn't need to spend all that money to, to do that event. I could have done it myself, but that's not like, that's not how I look at it. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, what, what, whatever it was, 200 bucks or whatever the amount of friendships and interactions and experiences and super rad, you know, event, you know, stuff afterwards. And the, the, Mm -hmm. just the whole vibe of it was like, so worth every penny to me. Like I I would pay it in a heartbeat again to do that, you know, just to have that ability to do all those things and have, you know, be part of an organized event instead of just going up there and just on a whim and kind of, you know, doing your own thing. It was rad to have, the guides there to have, you know, the vendors there, the event, you know, the raffles and the dinners and everything that went into that was so cool, man. And then, yeah, you know, it, it was like, it wasn't just like one year where I'm like, yeah, that was cool. I'm over it. I don't, you know, I won't go next year. It was like, yeah, let's go again. Like this is super rad. You know, we, we'd spend like, you know, the first week at FJ summit and then another week or two afterwards, just totally off grid. And then at the end of it, we'd go to Telluride and stay at the Peaks Hotel up in like Mountain Village and Telluride for like you know, oh, a couple okay. days just to get showers and just be in like, you know, I almost felt like, you know, dumb and dumber when they're, they go to that crazy hotel, you know, <laughs> they're just getting pampered. Getting all pampered. Yeah, yeah, like coming out, you know. And uh, dude, it's so, it's so much like that movie. Like you feel like that, you know, it's like this five-star resort, but on off season, yeah. it's super discounted. So you can get rooms for like 200, 250 bucks a night. At least you used to be able to. So we just wow. band together. Um, you know, friends or whatever, and we get a couple rooms or, you know, family that was with us and, and we'd spend a couple days at, at the peaks and then, and then head, head home from there. But man, it's such a cool experience and trip to look forward to every year. I, I, I encourage people so much, man, to, to go out there and, uh, and experience that area. It's funny, just yesterday I saw, um, um, a lady and her kids 
that had contacted us months ago about some places to visit and some things to do out there. And I saw them at one of the locations that I'm pretty sure that we told them about. And okay. they're totally, you know, it was, it's called um, uh, Old Hundred. It's a, a mine that you oh. can go do a tour in, in Silverton. And it's like the most oh, okay. awesome experience. They take you on this freaking like little train, this like mining train, like one of those super like yeah. um, short little trains. And they, they load everybody up, like maybe 20 or 30 people. And they take you into the mouth of this mine, dude, like just the belly of this mountain. And they show you all the stuff. Yeah. And they've got like all the freaking equipment still hooked up to all the air compressors. And so they've got like these like, or like bucket mover things that like are all connected to this high pressure air. And that's super crazy loud. And so they, they operate them in front of you. So everybody can see like, you know, the environment and what it was like working in there. And then they've got a drill hooked up to air still. And the guy's like, you know, into the freaking (laughs) side of this. You're like, what the, it's so cool, man. But it's rad to like, see, see people and families going out there and enjoying that still. And, and, uh, it, it makes me jealous. Cause I, I want to be there right now. You know, this is like the yeah. perfect time of year and all the rainstorms at the end of the afternoons every year, you oh, know, yeah. every day up there. It's just epic, yeah. epic place. I think you're right. You know, just even that experience of that mind that you just mentioned to me, that's the benefit of going in, going to these events and going in groups like that, because you get, you get the culmination of everybody's experience and it gives you opportunities and ideas for the next time you come. Absolutely. Cause there's always, there's always something that's new and exciting that you haven't seen that somebody else has and, yeah. and they your interest, you know? Yeah. 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 And it's cool to have like these things in your back pocket too, for like later on when your kids are older or whatever, yep. you want to take them like, Hey, you know, check this out or let's go here and have, I don't know, man. That's what's so cool about overlanding is you get to experience so much that most people don't, you know, and I wish more people would get out and enjoy the outdoors and, and explore and adventure because man, there's nothing more gratifying to me to be out than to be out there with your family and your kids and show them tangible things. Like, look, this is like, this is what this is in person. It's not, you're just watching this on the national geographic channel on TV, you know, like we're out here looking at it, feeling it, experiencing it, you know? And, um, Man, it's such a rad place to, you know, Colorado, especially. I love that area. I, I haven't spent much time in Idaho or Wyoming, but I've heard, you know, I've driven through and I've heard just the same about places up there that are just absolutely insane, you know, that I want to visit. Just, you know, people just need to get out there and and do it, you know, and yeah, it's it's uh it's easy to talk about it. But, you know, it's a little, it a little harder now, especially with fuel prices, my God, to right. get out there and do these long distance trips. But man, if if um if you have the ability, you know, it's, it's just the, the, you know, it's so good for, for your soul. I mean, gosh, it is yeah, super relaxing and rejuvenating. And, and we've, you know, I, I'm sure it's this way where you're at. I think it's probably this way for most people, but um, just even in Southeastern Idaho and I'm born and raised here, you know, I've, I've grown up in this area Right. And they're still within a three hour radius. There are still so many places that I have never visited or been to or experienced even in our own region. Oh, wow. And, and I just, this last weekend, I just experienced a new one, um, down in, um, almost South central Idaho. So it's about two and a half hours, uh, South and a little bit to the West of where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a place called city of rocks, which you may have heard of. No, I have. Um, 
but city of rocks is, you know, it's down in this farming community. And then these mountains come up on the West side of the Valley and they look like they're just, you know, sagebrush and tree covered, you know, nothing too crazy. Right. And then out of nowhere in these two pockets, there's these massive granite uh, boulders and rock oh, wow. formations. Wow. And they cover the whole, the whole kind of, I don't know, cove area in this mountain range. Huh. And um, it's, it's world known for rock climbing is really what it's known for. Oh, really? Is, wow. Is people go out there and have been for, probably 40, 50 years or more. And they go out there to climb the granite boulders and these rock formations. Wow. And I'd heard, I've heard it every year, every summer, people going there to camp and to rock climb and to hike and explore and never had been there. And so we have a youth group that we uh, do some activities with and we decided to take them down to city of rocks and one of my friends, he's really big into rock climbing. So he has all the gear, you know, knows that place really well. Yeah. So he took us down, you know, we went down on Thursday last week and, and stayed down there for three days. And, and I was blown away. We drove into this area and there's just these incredible, just beautiful granite rock formations everywhere. I mean, they're all over the whole hillside and beautiful places to camp. And, um, I've done some rock crawling or rock climbing, not a lot, uh, mostly in a rock gym, you know, a, a yeah. <laughs> man-made kind right. of situation. Right. And it was incredible to climb these granite boulders that were a hundred to a hundred you know, 30 or 40 feet and then rappel back down. And yeah, it was just such a unique experience. And I got home and I was telling my wife about it and I'm like, we've got to go down there. I cannot <laughs> believe in my entire life. I've never been there. Right. And it was two and a half hours just to the South of us. I mean, wow. an easy drive, um, great places to camp, beautiful, beautiful country. Wow. And you know, it's a perfect example of, of something that's close that I never even experienced. Oh yeah. I, same, same thing here. I mean, we've been coming out to Arizona to this location for 20 years, you know, and, uh, we moved out here and just last year we've been out here for like, like I said, about three years now, but just last year we decided to go to grand Canyon West, which is, um, you know, obviously you're familiar with grand Canyon, but there's like South rim, North rim, but there's grand Canyon West, yeah. which is like part of a Indian reservation. Um, and it's the Wallapai Indians that have that, mm. that reservation there. And you register with the Wallapai Indians in this little town called peach Springs. And you get a permit and you drive down this road and you can drive down to the, to the base, the, the bottom of the Grand Canyon through the reservation. Oh my heck. It's insane, man. It's absolutely insane. Like you start on the top of, you know, just picture yourself from the top of the mesas of Grand Canyon, just driving down the Canyon into the Colorado river. And it's just like that. Oh, it's like a 45 yeah. minute to an hour drive. And you go down these crazy canyons, you know, the Grand Canyon, and there's like the Grand Canyon yeah. walls on both sides. You just gets deeper and deeper. And then what's rad at the end, um, the, at least the season that we went, the time of year that we went, there was all these water crossings everywhere down at the very bottom. Really? Yeah. So you're going through these rivers and streams. It's so cool, oh, my man. Heck. And there's like, you're, you're four by four and down this road. It's not like really a four by four road, but there's some, there's some little bit of challenging spots in it. Yeah. Um, 
and especially when it gets washed out but like on your right side there's like these streams just going by and you're kind of driving with them you know and then they they cross in front of you back and forth and then you get down there and there's this bitching beach and then the you know the colorado river and the just these huge canyon walls all around you man Holy it is cow. unreal unreal and i'm That's like incredible. how have we never been here like there's a it's called diamond creek campground right there and wow. we went down there on a friday on a friday afternoon i think it was like september maybe october nobody hmm. down there but us no one wow yeah like on Even our way better. out one car was coming down on our way out as you know they're coming down to camp or whatever and the whole time we were there we were able to pull right down onto the water. I pulled the forerunner right down onto these rocks and like probably 10 feet from the water's edge. And we just hung out all day, man, and hiked around. And, oh, and my head. So cool. Yeah. But it was one of those places where I'm incredible. like, it is, man. It's so rad. If you get a chance, like Google it. Google Grand Canyon West. It is amazing. But okay. uh, that was one of those spots, too, where I'm like, I don't I can't believe I've never been here. Like, yeah, all the years we've been driving out here, this is, you know. Same thing. It was like two hours from here. You know, we, yeah. we come out and spend time with my wife. Um, her parents have lived out here for years. And so we uh -huh. come here all the time and spend weeks out here and stuff. I'm like, we've never done this. This is insane. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love wow. what overlanding and, you know, the off-road community creates, you know, as far as experiences and, and things. I mean, even California, all the places that we've been there that, you know, I grew up in California, um, was born here in Arizona, but immediately moved to California and spent most of my life there. And um, you know, all the places that we, that we experienced just since 2015, maybe 16 that I'd never seen, you know, in my entire life, wow. like, incredible places. Um, you know, of course it's different when you're out of the house and you can do your own thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, gosh, I'm so glad that we have, and, um, you know, my parents weren't big campers. They weren't big, you know, adventure people. My mm -hmm. dad was a pastor of a, of a, of a church for, 38 years so he was really? like yeah he was like fully immersed in you know in that you know um, yeah. i don't know if you ever heard of calvary chapel but my dad was a calvary yeah. chapel pastor for years and so you know he wasn't in a camp and i was like i'd go out with the youth group or like we had this old boy scout thing at church it was like the royal rangers i think is what it was called uh-huh and uh we'd go out and do camp outs and stuff you know places and that i learned a lot about a lot of places you know being in that boy scout thing but um mm -hmm. but you know my parents just weren't into it you know my dad wasn't you know mainly just because he didn't have the time i think yeah um, he was busy but uh yeah but you know as soon as we got married i got married young i got married at 22 and mm -hmm. as soon as we got married man we were like let's let's do this we bought our first first forerunner right before we got married um i bought a 91 forerunner nice. four by four dude that thing was like a goat you know <laughs> it was oh, awesome yeah. and we just romped the heck out of that truck man it just it and it, i think i sold that thing with three hundred and seventy-two thousand miles on it and i think oh my I, heck i i'm pretty sure the dude that bought it from me is still driving that thing i'm i'm pretty sure that the guy still uses that as a tow behind on his rv or something he tows this 91 forerunner behind him and still drive that's that. Toyota for you. I know it's crazy. Things probably got 500,000 miles on it now. That is so awesome. I know, man. I, you know, I've, I've had four runners. I've had the Tacoma, <laughs> um, and I've had Tundras. I've two, I've had two Tundras, a Tacoma, three, four runners and an FJ cruiser. Mm. Um, and the FJ was by far my favorite rig so far that was it. Runner. Yeah. Oh yeah. That thing, man, was just absolutely amazing. The most capable vehicle I've ever driven was that FJ. Um, all oh, done fun. up, you know, all four by four overlanded yeah. out. Um, but the four under two, man, I think like it's, it's right there with that FJ. Um, love the Tundra and the, the 
the Tacomas to you. Um, the Tundra just wasn't very practical for trails, you know, for, for my like a little too big. Yeah. yeah. But man, it was awesome. But I, I did a full build on the Tundra, the last one and, um, and ended up, uh, having it for about a year. And then I sold it to okay. a buddy of mine. Um, and, uh, it was fun to, you know, drive, but man, like I'm kind of, I'm very, very happy that I sold it when I did. Cause man, trying to fill that thing up with gas right now. Ooh. Holy moly. I mean, it was already, you know, back then sitting in my garage a lot. Cause I was like, I, you know, I don't want to drive this thing, you know, number one, yeah. I didn't want to put miles on a bunch of miles on it yet. And number two, the, you know, fueling that thing up was nuts. And now gosh, man, it's, I mean, it's, it's expensive for Arizona. It's, it's 465 here, but you go across <laughs> the border, you know, we're right on the river. And so you drive over the bridge over the river and it's like seven, seven forty nine, seven fifty nine oh. a gallon. And it's like that all the way in, you know, you go into California yeah. and you get to where I work and it's still, you know, six fifty, six seventy five, or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's nuts, man. I talked to the guys at work and I'm like, how much did it, did it take you to fill your truck up? Because they drive their trucks to work because they're down the road. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's like 180 bucks or something. Like, oh my God. Like how, how many brutal. times a week do you feel, fill your, your tank? And they're like, oh, like once, twice, maybe, you know, a week. Like, dude, that's crazy. Uh, that's, that's like a brutal. mortgage payment, you know, mortgage payment. No kidding. Trying to fill your car Just up. in fuel. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I mean, I make good money, but I, that's too rich for my blood. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't be doing that. Even the forerunner now, man, I'm like, <laughs> I have a Subaru cross truck that I use for commuting, you know, as I drive uh -huh. a three hour drive to work. Yeah. Um, but sometimes like, we'll just hop on that thing and just to do stuff around town. Cause man, even driving the forerunner right now is crazy, but yeah, you know, you just got to plan for things a little bit more, plan the trips a little bit more and, and be a little yep. bit more diligent about saving up and, and, uh, you know, not, uh, not going out and having fast food, you know, several times a week right. and all the right. stuff that adds up quickly, you know, yeah. but, totally. but dude, I, I love your product, man. I, I, uh, Chase has been rocking CBI for a long time, you know, Chase Gentry. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, man, he's, he's just, he's such a great dude, but, uh, I love the CBI product. I had Prinsu on my my Tundra when I did that Tundra build. We did a Prinsu rack on that, and man, what nice. a great product that was! I kind of wish that I have a Gobi on my Forerunner. I kind of wish I had Prinsu on my Forerunner because it was so versatile. There's so many things right. you can do with it, you know. Um, I love the the um, uh, the plates that cross the the larger plates that go across uh, on the racks, the load you know? panels, the load panels. Yeah. Those things yeah. are sick, man. So many different options to mount all sorts of stuff to those. I love like the whole patterns of stuff that you guys put on those super rad. Makes it makes it super versatile. And really that's been the key with the, the Prince line. Um, and even with the new accessories and stuff we're coming out with them is, is just to make the rack and the access accessory super versatile for the customer. Yeah. And there's a lot of options. That's what's fun. I mean, it's, I can't tell you the number of things that I've mounted on, on my own vehicles on our Princeton rack, just, you know, from the normal stuff from tents and kayaks and bicycles and things like that to, to weird stuff, you know, is, yeah. is you know, you, you're moving your buddy or whatever, and you're strapping some really awkward, weird shaped things up there. Or I ran to the, the hardware store once and, and, filled the bed of the truck and then needed more room. So I was strapping stuff on the Prince rack and we've had <laughs> guys, we've been out. Um, we went out with some people that were big into shooting and stuff like that. And so all of a sudden 
before the end of the day, we're up on the rack, laying down, sighting in rifles and, Dude, that's you know, rad. just crazy things that we've come, <laughs> come across that just maybe aren't your typical, you know, overlanding use, but, um, it's been highly beneficial. And so yeah, that's the yeah. great thing about the rack is it's, you know, it's pretty versatile and, and very functional as far as, um, adapting it to your needs. Yeah. Yeah. The mounting of it too is easy. I mean, it's, you know, there's not, I mean, it was, uh, just a couple holes drilled in the, you know, the, um, uh, what are they called? The, um, the oh, the credit, plus the, nuts. yeah, yeah. The, those yeah. things, man, it's super easy to use. I mean, if you know what, you know, if you're doing it right, obviously you follow directions, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but man, it's super easy to mount. And, and, uh, you know, with those, those, uh, load plates, you know, the, uh, I mean, it adds so much rigidity to that thing. It's just bulletproof. Yeah. Absolutely bulletproof. I had a tire, um, like a full size, like 35, 35 inch tire on top of mine. And, and it was great, man. You know, just, there was plenty of room around that thing, even just on the, even the, the Tundra, you know, it wasn't as big of a rack as you would put, obviously, you know, the room on the floor, right. but uh, just because of the top of the cab and stuff, but man, there was a ton of room, even with that big old tire up there. Um, just the way it was, it was designed to, you know, to, to hug, you know, both of those edges and just the way that it conformed to the roof. And it was, it was awesome, man. I, I, uh, yeah. highly recommend you listeners out there to check out CBI prints you because man, they make a great product. And, and you know what, there are a lot of companies that make stuff like this, but you're talking like highest quality with CBI prints you. I mean, and that's just from my own experience. I mean, the stuff you guys make is second to none and, um, you know, stoked to eat. There's companies like you guys out there making good stuff still, you know, it's funny, like right now with, you know, with uh COVID and all, you know, whatever mm -hmm. that whole, that whole, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, it, it created so many crazy nuances or, you know, issues, I guess is a better word in the industry. I mean, just something as simple as, I mean, last week we had, um, a rack come in for, uh, like a shop rack with all the little drawers and stuff for, you know, screws and bolts and everything. Uh -huh. And we ordered it. It came in totally destroyed, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, geez. like, yeah, you're like, okay, you know, FedEx, you know, whatever those guys destroy stuff all the time, you know, and <laughs> at least they do in our area. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's send this thing back, you know? And so we start the ball rolling to get this thing exchanged for another one. And uh, I'll leave the company unnamed, but, it was such a pain in the rear, man, getting shipping labels, getting anybody to do what they say they're going to do. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, well, you know, we're having issues because of COVID and blah, blah. It's like, everybody's like, you know, going back to COVID is their, their excuse yeah. for customer service for simple, stupid stuff. You know, like I, yes. I get it. Like maybe volume wise, it's sometimes it's hard to keep up with things like, you know, if you're having employee issues or, you know, workforce issues or whatever, Right. But man, it's like, it seems like every single person that we've dealt with over the last several months with stuff, that's their excuse. COVID, 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 COVID. And it's so refreshing to have companies like you guys, um, other people that we've had on the show and that we work with, you know, our, especially our sponsors and people that we, we support provide that customer service and the follow through and, and still have that, you know, that ability to, to give those people those services and, and be passionate yeah. about making sure that they provide those people with the services and that they're not just like using this as an excuse to, you know, be lazy and, you know, or whatever right. back burner. Cause there's other things that are making them more money or whatever, you know, how it goes. Right. And uh, man, it's like, it's crazy, dude. Like what, 
what a, a refreshing thing to have companies like you guys out there still that, you know, are so passionate about what they do and, and, um, you know, care about their, their customers still and, you know, push out good products. It, it makes a difference. And, you know, I think honestly, again, just going back to our people, we have the, the difference for us is our people. I mean, they, they truly do care and, and we're not exempt, you know, there's issues that happen with some of sure. our products yeah, or, dipping or whatever, but stuff out of your control, of course. Yeah. Yeah. We have such an awesome team and they, they genuinely want to make sure everybody gets taken care of and has a great experience. And, and that makes a big difference. I agree yeah. with you hundred percent because there's other companies I've dealt with the same way that, that you just feel forgotten and, and left yeah. out. And even vendors, I'm sure for you guys for stuff, you know, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah. I can it, only imagine. It really is. Yeah. What do you guys think, um, set you guys apart other than customer service and like you guys are growing so rapidly like where do you guys see yourselves in the next five years as far as like where do you want to go with the company and what kind of products are you guys working on yeah that's a great question you know i think one of the things and this has kind of been uh, a core of cbi and Prince from the beginning but um i think what sets us apart really is the thought and innovation that we put into our products um Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. We try to, every product that we build, we try to build it not only to fit the consumer's needs and, and you know, functionality and, you know, kind of the given stuff. Right. Um, but we try to go the extra mile as far as the design goes. And a lot of that has to do with the aesthetics and how the product looks on the vehicle, how it mounts to the vehicle, how it integrates with the vehicle, yeah. you know, things like that. And I think that, that alone with our quality has been um, the two things that have always really set us apart. Um, our, our mentality when it comes to designing and engineering and manufacturing our product is we want to build a top tier product, not because we, again, you know, we want to be the best or, or the most expensive product or anything <laughs> like that. We want to truly build something that's going to last and, right. and get, what, gonna get what you pay for. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's always been, at least when it comes to myself and, and my dad, Hal, that's always been our philosophy. You know, it's not like we're some rich dudes that we just buy the best. I mean, we want to, when we're going to get something, we do our research, we, we evaluate what the best product is. We save up our money and then we, we buy it. And, right. and then we have a solid piece of equipment that's going to last years. And that's kind of been our philosophy with CBI and Prince and, and as far as growth going forward, um, it's just naturally occurred um, as we've started going outside of Toyota a little bit. You know, we've we've brought on more lines when it comes to Toyota. So we do originally it was really just the, the Forerunner and the Tacoma. Right. Um, we still build for all those generations now. Then we added the Tundra. Um, we brought on the RAV4 actually within the last. Uh, oh, no way. Years. That's cool. 
and that one actually has surprised us. It's really turned out to be a great product line and 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 a great vehicle. We we got ourselves a Rav Four to use for product development, and and I those put are pretty a lot cool. Yeah. yeah, I put a lot of miles in that car, and it's it's impressed me. You yeah, know? I know. <laughs> I've always thought like, man, Rav Four. I remember like years ago, Rob and I were shopping for cars, and I sat in one. I'm six foot two. I sat in this thing and I'm like, oh, like, oh my God, like yeah. you can't fit in this thing. But dude, the new one, like, you know, and they didn't look that great back in the day, but man, the new design no. and the way that they did stuff now, I'm, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I have even considered buying one. Like I was like, man, mainly just for commuting, but also, I mean, sure. it's such a like versatile and reliable, I mean, Toyota, you know, just, just, yep. you know, it, it, that, you, you know, Toyota is reliability, you know? Um, yep. But uh, man, yeah, those in the, even the Highlander, like the new design for the Highlander, yeah. I never in a million years thought like I'm going to buy a Highlander, you know, that was my mom's car, yeah. you know? <laughs> and now I'm like, dude, those things look pretty sick. Like they look like they're pretty awesome interior and they've got, yep. you know, a bunch of options that you would never think would come with something like that. Um, yeah, man, I, I think that's rad. And you guys are also scratching the surface. I, I see with Polaris stuff, like you guys are building racks for the Polaris razors and I mean, everything. It looked like. Yeah, so that's just that's, that's awesome. kind of how it went. We went from Toyota to mid-sized vehicles. So we started doing like the Chevy Colorado and the GMC Canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, we started doing the Ford Ranger, um, even the Jeep Gladiator when it came out. Um, now our focus is going more towards full-size trucks. Mm-hmm. So we have some roof racks and bed racks and a few products for the full size trucks. Um, but you're going to see a lot more of that going forward. And then, yeah, going back to your comment on Polaris, um, we've started building our print suit racks for the UTVs out there. Yeah. So Polaris and Can-Am and Honda and Yamaha, we've, we've, that's a really new product line for us, but, um, same thing. We, we had customers that were coming to us and saying, Hey, I have your rack on my Tacoma or my forerunner or whatever it is. And, and I also have a side-by-side and, and, and really those side-by-side people have kind of the same challenge that we have, but it's right. to a greater degree. They're looking for ways to bring all their gear, to have it organized, to have good solid storage solutions. And those side-by-sides have almost zero storage. I mean, yeah. there's just oh, yeah. not a lot of room. Mine has none. Um, I'm like stuffing yeah. stuff in the back seats, you know, when I don't have passengers and you know, that you yeah. can't put anything above the motor. Cause you're afraid, like, I mean, with the heat, I have the, the XP four turbo and like yep. with the heat that comes off that turbo, I'm, I'm so afraid to put, you know, anything like, especially rotopacks or anything back there because you're exactly. like, man, you see all these like nightmare images and videos of things burning up, you know, because people yeah. stored stuff back there. I mean, whether it was just like something with the fabric that like fell down below <laughs> or something and caught fire or a rotopax that was leaking or whatever yep. caught fire. And, and, uh, man, I, I've even been considering like, man, I think I'm going to go print you and buy one of those racks for mine because, uh, man, such a rad option for a side-by-side and you see all these people like converting these side-by-sides into overlander, you know, rigs now too. Yeah. Because they, you can get them anywhere. I mean, you can go yeah. anywhere with those things. And uh, yeah, that's rad. I think that's a huge, huge opportunity for you guys to get involved in that industry. It's funny that you said, you, you know, you guys were making the UTV stuff and then you went to like the, the you know, Toyota realm yeah. and then you're kind of almost full circle back to UTV, you know, as part of the company, which is awesome, man. Like I, yeah. I saw that and I mean, 
I was honestly looking for racks one night on Google. So I'm like, I want to put a rack on my my uh, rig when I can afford to, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, just kind of shop around, see what was out there. And I saw Prince, and I'm like, what? Prince yeah. and I clicked it. I'm like, no freaking way, man. That is awesome. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the one I'm gonna buy eventually. Because, like you said, aesthetically too, not only functionality and quality, which are huge, but aesthetically, you guys make some of the best looking stuff out there, man. I mean, that was part of the reason that I I bought the one for the Tundras. I love the way that it hugged the roof. It didn't like come off all weird on the ends and the corners and look all weird and bulky. Yeah. Um, and it was low profile, but functional low profile. So, you know, you can get it in most garages, um, without yep. having to worry about, oh man, this is like an inch too high or two inches too high. Um, yep. and, uh, it was perfect. And I love that about your product, man. The, the, the way that the light, uh, the light bars are super integrated and just nice. Yep. just looks so clean. I'm like, so impressed with the designs of, I mean, even just something is, you know, just something like a, a, a armor or, you know, a skid plate. I mean, mm -hmm. the way that you guys design things, the way that it just conforms to the body of the truck and protects stuff at the same time. Like I said, you guys obviously put number one focus into, you know, quality and functionality, um, I, you know, and quality. And uh, I mean, quality, functionality and, and aesthetics, you know, the aesthetics yeah. is huge, especially when you got your, your truck out there and you're trying to sell product or you're trying to, you know, you're yeah. taking these rigs to these shows um, as a showpiece, I mean, you want stuff to look good. And I think there's a lot of companies that are like, ah, you know, we don't, they don't put much emphasis into that. And I think they pay for it, honestly, because there's people yeah. like me that are looking for, I know I'm going to get quality I know I'm going to get the, you know, the, uh, the functionality and I know I'm going to get aesthetics with CBI yeah. Prince. I mean, that's just, that's the game, you know, and that's, that's what I'm looking for. And I know probably 90% of people out there are looking for that. There's a lot of people that aren't like me too, that are, they want that look, but they're not out every weekend or they're not out, you know, yep. 150, 200 nights a year like we are, you know, out there yep. doing it. But they want yep. that look and they love the feel that it gives to their vehicle. And, you know, historically, <laughs> I mean, people love adding stuff to their trucks and their they vehicles, do. man, and customizing them. And and uh, I love the way the FJ Cruiser looks when you build it out. I don't like the way it looks when it's stock. You know, right. you add bumpers to it, you add all the stuff to it to make it into the Overlander. Shoot, I just drive it around just like that, even if I wasn't a wheeling guy, just because it looks awesome. You know, Isn't that funny how that happens. <laughs> I've always thought the same thing. You know, you build these vehicles out and then you see them in their stock configuration. It's like, man, that's kind of an ugly vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> Not that good yeah. looking. Yeah, totally. I mean, the, I put the, um, on the Forerunner at the time when I bought the Forerunner, I went with uh, another company. I have a um, a Demello off road bumper on the Forerunner, uh -huh. but I really want to go CBI for my rear bumper. I would really want a swing bumper. Um, I really love the, your product for the rear bumper on that thing, and I mean all your products. But um, the uh, FJ had an ARB bumper on it, which uh -huh. now if I bought another FJ, I would. I would totally go with you guys for something because I love the way that yours looks, but I didn't know about it at the time when I had the FJ. Sure. Um, but it was so funny, man, like how different that thing looked, you know, with that setup, you know, compared yeah. to stock. Like you look at the stock when you're like, man, it kind of looks like a, like a soccer mobile, you know, a soccer mom car yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then you build them out and you lift them or, you know, even just, a, I had just a, you know, icon, I think it was like a stage two, or stage three setup, you know, with the coil, it was like two and a half, three inches, mm -hmm. um, with, uh, 33s on it. 
And uh, man, it just looked tough. It had a snorkel on it, the ARB, yeah. you know, the, the sliders, you know, and it, dude, it was just a, my, I sold that one too. I, I told her that's the mo- one I, I regret the most, but my uh-huh. buddy, Jason, who's also a firefighter owns it. And so I always have to see him posting pictures of it. And I'm like, dang, I missed that car. Like, dang, I wish yeah, I had I, that. <laughs> I told him recently, I'm like, dude, you got to promise me that if you ever sell that thing that I get first dibs on, he's like, oh yeah, 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 for sure. But he'll never get rid of that thing. He's smarter yeah. than I am, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> dude, it looks so nice. You know, when you, when you build it all out, even the forerunners, you know, you build them out and they look just so nice. They just look tough. You know, you're like, man, mm-hmm. why aren't they doing this? You know, from the get go, uh, I'm sure they, I mean, they probably are thinking about it now, if, if not already, you know, putting, putting vehicles out with, you know, pre-built like that, but man, yeah, it's just, it's just funny how things have evolved, you know, from, you know, just a couple of years ago till now and just how awesome you can make these trucks look, you know, I mean, you're just like, oh, it's incredible. people would always say like, oh, you're, it's like a doomsday prepper truck. Like, you know, back in the day, like, dude, like yeah. it's freaking legit and capable. It's functional. And the, yeah. the stuff that like I put on my vehicles, I don't, I mean, obviously it looks awesome and that's a huge part of it, but also I want to, if I'm going to spend the money on something, I want it to be functional. And I yep. wanted to do what I wanted to do, you know, and, and, um, man, it's just, you can get so much out of, out of the stuff now for your vehicles and just make them so capable. It's crazy. You know, like a RAV4. I mean, who would have ever thought? I know. RAV4, Building out RAV4, right? RAV4 lifting <laughs> yeah. it, roof rack, bumpers. Yeah. It's nuts. Taking a RAV4 over the San Juans, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that people are doing it. That is the only crummy thing though on that RAV4 <laughs> is they don't put a, a low range transfer case in them. Yeah. Yeah. And if they did, I can't imagine how capable that thing would I be. I know. I know it. I know. Dude, it's crazy. Like just the smallest little thing for some of these vehicles would make them absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. And they would sell like hotcakes. Oh, I think know? so. Yeah. I think so. I mean, for an example, recently, um, I had I had a Kawasaki um, side-by-side before the, the Polaris. Uh-huh. And for years, Kawasaki wouldn't make a four seater, you know, that was over 50 miles an hour, like a, you know, a, you know, like they have the KRX 1000 now, which is a mm-hmm. you know pretty capable, you know, pretty quick, yeah. you know, beefy machine. They weren't making a four seater. Well, they finally, you know, years go by and they finally just, you know, are releasing a four seater now. But then you like, you look and you're like, well, dude, like it's still like what 115 horsepower. There's no turbo. There's like yeah, some there's- simple things, and maybe it's just supply chain. I mean, stuff. I mean, who knows with with you know trying to get parts and stuff. It could have been something as simple as that, where they're like, you know, mm-hmm. we can't give the reliability and service if we need to replace parts right now if we go turbo because mm-hmm. we can't get stuff. So maybe it was you know something to do with that. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there, but man, right. if you were to if they would have been able to release you know four seater with the turbo with, you know, some of the things that, that Polaris has offered the reliability that you get from the Kawasaki opposed to the Polaris, like, dude, it would have been a no brainer for most like enthusiasts to be like, Oh yeah, I'm going with the, the, the Kawasaki because of right. the, the warranty that they have, the, the reliability that they have that, you uh-huh. know, if they would have put a couple more of those little things in place, I think the the KRX four seater is going to be a winner, but I think it would have been that much more if they would have been able yep. to implement some of these things that Polaris is, you know, doing like with, you know, just, you know, the last couple of years they've been doing it, you know, cause they see, yep. you know, but Polaris, you know, they might have the ability because of how big they are to, you know, support 
you know, those to kind make of it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Which is difficult. And I get that as a business owner myself in, in the past, you know, how, how, uh, how difficult it is if you can't get stuff to be consistent and, and want to put out new products and things like that when you, when you just can't, because you can't get yeah. stuff. And now it's, you know, I mean, it was difficult back then in, in situations now, my God, with everything going on, it's impossible. Isn't it so, crazy? Some, some things are getting worse. Other things are actually getting better. better? Yeah. It's just nuts. It is. It's such a weird, like dynamic market right now. Uh, you know, like I, said, I can't even imagine, you know, what you guys go through, you know, I mean, I know you guys do a ton of stuff in house, but I'm sure there's stuff that you have to have to, to build the things that you build from vendors oh, yeah. and from, you know, things that, you know, that are difficult to get right now. Um, I'm sure. But what, what so far has been, you know, speaking of all the stuff that you guys build and, you know, and vehicles that you guys have coming through for R and D and things, what has been your favorite build so far? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> we have just, just to give you an idea of the vehicles that we have right now. Um, cause some of my favorite vehicles are new ones that we're currently building. Uh-huh. Um, so one of those is we have a, a new 2022 Nissan Frontier, a Pro mm. 4X. Mm-hmm. Um, that truck is, I don't know, 80% built uh, right now. And we're just finalizing some testing on some of our new products. And then we'll release our next batch of products on that. Uh-huh. Um, but that truck has really impressed me. Um, not, not only just because it's a Nissan. I haven't spent a lot of time in the Nissan Frontiers. Um, but just the overall quality of the truck, um, really? wow. getting it built and the look of it now and the performance of it now, it's just everyone. I was talking to our installer this morning cause we were doing some, some tweaks on the suspension on it. And he's like, he's like, I hated this truck when we first got this. <laughs> I thought it was an ugly truck and I didn't like how Nissan did a few things on it. And I, I just didn't like the truck. And now he's yeah. like, I think this could be my favorite truck right now. Really? Oh my God, that figures, man. Wow. Yeah. But, I mean, back in the day, Nissan, I mean, you wouldn't think Nissan for quality, you know, like, I mean, you know, they're pretty reliable. I mean, I've yeah. I remember like the, the Titans, you know, back, you know, back in the day, they're kind of, you know, everything was plastic. Everything was, you know, yeah. kind of like, oh, what the heck? Almost like yep. a Kia, you know, you're like, well, man, you guys are yep. kind of, you know, um, you know, cutting corners with quality, but man, it sure seems like people are really stepping up their game, man. And I think because the market's so volatile right now and it's so competitive, like these companies are realizing, like, we got to step it up. We got to, like you said, there's some stuff right now because of this whole, you know, situation we've had the last couple of years with COVID and everything that have, have been better. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, who knows? Um, but yeah. yeah, that's, that's rad. I would never think either that like a Nissan, like, wow. It's, that's saying, that's saying awesome. a lot. That's super it's cool, awesome. man. That's exciting. I, I can't wait to see what you guys put out for that thing. Oh, yeah. I think you'll like it. I mean, it's it's definitely impressed everybody here. The one that's been really impressive, too, and, and this is probably, of all of our vehicles, we have 11 company vehicles now that we're using and product development and things like that on it. Right. Probably the number one across the board overall favorite is our ZR2 Colorado. Huh. And that's another kind of surprising one. Um, yeah. That truck has the, uh, it's a ZR2 model. So it has the multimatic suspension, which people either love or hate. Right. <laughs> um, 
it comes with the front and rear lockers from the factory and they're, they're phenomenal. I cannot believe how well the lockers work and how easily they engage, even in really tough, like binding situations where you're trying to turn it on and, and it's probably not an ideal situation to get that locker to engage. Yeah. Just an electronic system. Uh huh. It's an electronic locker front and rear. Um, the other thing is ours is the diesel motor. Uh-huh. So it's got that little Duramax in it. And again, I know there's pros and cons people have from gas to diesel and, and even now with fuel costs and things like that. But, sure. um, that truck has been so impressive with that diesel motor. And, and here's why, this is why we say that is because we put the AEV high mark fender flares on it. Uh-huh. So you have to cut out the wheel wells for it. Um, which allowed us to um, run 35 inch tires on that truck. Mm. So it's a big tire for that size of truck. Yeah. Um, the fender flares made a big difference. We put the peak suspension on. Um, so we maintain the multimatic shocks. Uh-huh. And um, so we got about two and a half inches of lift out of it. But that truck, you can drive down the freeway at 80 miles an hour fully loaded rooftop tent boxes on the roof rack fuel all your all your fuel containers full gear in the bed totally loaded and you can get 20 miles to the gallon going 80 miles an hour what down the, the freeway. heck so wow. from that perspective the range on it is double Insane. almost what yeah. our other vehicles are yeah um foreigner i'm looking just, at maybe eight <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. We just did a, a 2,500 mile trip through death Valley and we took five of our vehicles and that Colorado literally almost got double the range of wow. most of the other vehicles just wow. because of that. Dude, so that's, that's always a lot been, right now, especially. Holy oh yeah. <laughs> so that's been something that's just blown everybody away just i cannot believe it gets that kind of fuel economy all loaded up and everything oh yeah Um, the other thing is because we were able to put 35 inch tires on it without a lot of messing around i mean the flares take some time to install but other than that there's no body mount chops there's no trimming or anything and and they fit they stuff well the articulation is great on stock Um, rims they've Stock yeah, I, we, we have aftermarket <laughs> wheels on ours, but um, right. yeah. I know as far as offset, are, offset, you don't need much offset or any to, to put 35s on it just with those flares? No, no, um, you really don't. You, you probably want some more offset just because the flares are wider just right. to stick the tires out a bit. But right. the other thing that we found is that truck just performs really well off-road. So we had our last trip last year to uh, Ure, we took our Colorado and our Tacoma and our Tundra uh-huh. were the vehicles that we took. Uh-huh. And granted, there's not some, there's not real crazy off-roading there, but we took all the hardest lines on all the trails that yeah. we could. And that Colorado kept the tires to the dirt and kept them from spinning way better than the Tacoma and the Tundra. Wow. And it just, it just impressed us. Not that the Tacoma or the Tundra couldn't do it, or there was, you know, any major difference, but it just outperformed them. Yeah. Just gives and, you that much more confidence and, you know, yeah. yeah. It's crazy so, that these companies, like, I mean, the technology is now coming around where these companies were before they, they just couldn't 
keep up with, you know, the Toyotas and the Jeep or whatever. Now they're coming yeah. around where the technology is there and they can implement these, these things and, and really be competitive and really put out a good yeah. product. It's, it's mind blowing. Like you've been saying, like some of these vehicles that are coming out, we're like, I could never in a million years think that this would be a good, you know, option or a good product yeah. for it's nuts. That's nuts. It is totally nuts. And it's, you know, there are some downsides to the Chevy. I don't think the interior styling is as nice as a Toyota, for example. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so it's, it's, it's fine. There's no, there's no major drawback. It's just kind of plain. Just different. Um, yeah. yeah. But that truck is, has blown us away. And, and the other one we're really looking at now is that new Ford Bronco. Yeah. So yeah. we have one of those Broncos as well. We, we did some initial products. So we did sliders, skid plates and a front bumper and a roof rack. Sweet. And then we took it on that 2,500 mile trip through death Valley. And we had similar experience with that. Um, we were impressed, impressed with the technology on the vehicle, the off-road technology. So the way the screens work or the cameras and how they correlate to the screen yeah. and and we couldn't believe how precise they give you looking at the screen tire placement. Right. Yeah. It, Chase was telling me about that. He was like, it's insane, dude. It's right on the money. <laughs> I mean, you can trust the screen. Yeah. It's, it's going to put you right where you think you want to be. That's crazy. Um, the, the off-road features, the lockers and, you know, sway bar disconnect, the turning feature. I mean, they're all pretty unique features that, that worked and, you know, they, they really functioned well. Right. Um, so they do what they you know, what they say they're going to do. And they, like, yeah. like we've been saying, you get what you pay for, you know, like, I mean, that, that, uh, like Chase said, he's like, dude, I've been a Toyota, you know, Tacoma guy a long mm -hmm. time. And I'm telling you right now, if, if Ford doesn't let me buy one of these or buy the one that I have, cause he's got that Bronco, yeah, like, I'm going to go out and buy one. Like, I don't care. I'll pay yeah. five grand or 70 grand for it. It's worth every penny. He's like, I've never been this yeah. sold on a vehicle ever. I'm like, man, that's, man, that's crazy going from a hardcore Toyota guy. I'm the same way, you know, and then going to Ford, like, you're like, man, like Ford, like what? You that's know, how I, mean, I am. I have never, <laughs> ever been a Ford guy. Either. I mean, ever. Ford was at the bottom of the list for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, me too, man. Everybody I see on the side of the road, man, it's always a Ford, you know, it's never see to Toyotas. Yeah. Yep. So I'm the same way, man. But I mean. I respect Chase and like, if he says that, then he, you know, then it must be true. Cause I know that guy has been in the industry for a while and he's got some, you know, some, uh, some background in that. So, and he's been putting that thing through the paces and I'm sure you, know, you guys have yeah. too. And so, I mean, it's, that's, it seems like a very, very awesome up and coming rig for people. And I think it's going to yeah. be shocking to see where that goes in the next couple of years. I think Toyota is really going to have to step up their game and re-release the FJ or something. I, I heard um, they had a, I think it was called the trail hunter that was in rumor of them of coming out. That was like a uh -huh. hybrid between the forerunner and the FJ. And it was like slated as the new FJ release. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to do it, but man, I, I, they need to do something. Cause if they don't, they're going to, they're going to be left in the dust with Ford. I mean, Ford is stepping yeah. it up big time. And it sounds like obviously Chevy and Nissan are really stepping up their game too. So they're getting there. Know. They're getting there. The other one that's impressed us is Ram. You know, these Ram yes. trucks that are oh, coming dude. out, they're, they're big full-size trucks. Power wagon. Yeah. The power wagon, the TRX, the Rebel. Ram's doing some pretty nice things on those trucks. And, yeah. and they, 
same thing. That's what we're finding is they perform. They yeah, really my, do. My buddy, uh, Brandon from Topo Terra, they, he has a company in San Diego and they build overlanders like rigs and stuff. And then they rent them out to people. Oh, okay. So he just like, he does insane stuff. Like some guys, some archeologists from like the UK <clears throat> just flew out here, had him drop off some vehicles in Baja, California, down at the very bottom of Mexico. He brought them down there, dropped them off. They came and got them and they were, they're out for like three months doing this stuff. Wow. Um, yeah. And they're working with another friend of ours who we did a show with too, Nathan from Legends Overlanding, and they do overland tours in Baja mm-hmm. and they, that's their business. Um, yeah. and just insane stuff down there. And, uh, but he was just telling me, he's like, dude, I went and I bought a couple of these GMCs. Like I think it was the power wagon. And he's like, dude, they are insane. He's like, I've been driving one of them that I'm supposed to be renting out. I've been driving it myself a bunch because I love the thing so, he likes much. It so yeah. much. And he's been a Toyota guy too for years. He just yeah. has Comas and Tundras. And he's like, dude, I'm telling you, this truck is the legit machine. Like this thing is yeah. incredible. But yeah. man, I know. I I I wish that I was in a, a place to get one of the Broncos <laughs> just as a you know, as a project truck, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I had, you know, some money aside that it was, you know, that I didn't uh, need to use right now and, and hold close to my heart. Cause man, I'd love right. to pick up one of those things and, and, um, and build, do a build on it. Yeah, you know, so. I agree. I will tell you, um, we've been doing, we've started several years ago, but we've been doing some, um, projects specifically for Toyota and for Lexus. Oh, wow. So we just built, um, I don't know if you've seen it or on our social channels or anything, but we built a new Tundra for Toyota. Yeah, I think I did see that. We took it on that Death Valley trip and then we turned it back to Toyota. They've been using it at some auto events that they're doing. And then it's it's traveling from some different um, dealerships kind of in the Pacific Northwest right now. Sweet. and we've, we've been doing some stuff with Lexus as well. So we have right now in our possession an LX 600 oh, wow. um, from Sweet. Lexus that we're, we're working with them on uh, some products and, and a project there. But I think Toyota is um, from everything that their people, Toyota and Lexus have been telling us, it sounds like they have some pretty exciting things coming down the line. I got something in their back pocket for sure. Huh? Yep. Yeah. The, and, and I don't, it's not like I have any specific knowledge, just the, they keep kind of dropping hints, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. be patient. like they're waiting for the, the right timing. It's coming. And, and I hear the, the new Tacoma, um, and the new forerunner are going to blow our minds. That's what they keep really? telling me. Oh man. So I'm sure um, I'm going to have to buy one. <laughs> yeah. I'm hopeful because we're, we're way excited for the new Tacoma. I was hoping they'd release it this year and, and of course they didn't. It looks like it's going to be a 24 model now, but um, they've got some, apparently they've got some good things coming. So I'm excited Sweet. for that as well. Me too. I hope they, I really hope they, uh, they release that trail hunter from the stuff I've seen on the dark web, <laughs> whatever yeah. you want to call it, man, yeah. it looks like, oh my God, if that stuff is at all true and the rumors are true, my God, it's going to be awesome. <clears throat> I, I told my wife already, I'm like, babe, like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to figure out a way if that, if that gets, we're going to make it happen. <laughs> we're going to make it happen. I'll sell my boat. If I have to. There you go. man. You know, like, dude, it's going to be sweet. But yeah, I think, like you said, that Tacoma, you know, the new forerunner that, you know, FJ rumored to be coming out again, man, that'd be so sick if yep. I did that. 
I think they're starting to realize that, you know, they, they got to do something, they got to do something. And, and I think they're also realizing, you know, partnering with companies like you guys to like outfit their rigs right off the bat, or, you know, I mean, my God, would how awesome would it be to be, you know, to get a contract with Toyota to be like this model Toyota, we're doing this for the duration of this model. This is what we need. And we want you guys to build it, you know, like that would be sick, man. You It'd know, be awesome. like an overlander like model like right from the get-go and like all cd oh, that'd be cool oh man that'd be pretty epic it'd be way cool toyota's yeah. pretty conservative but i think they're starting to come around yeah i think so too you know i think they're they're seeing some value and and just seeing the opportunity that they can still keep their their quality level up they can still um you know appeal to to their main target you know, for each model and, and right. still allow the others like us, these overlanders and people that are modifying their trucks to, to support us a little more Yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, dude, what, what expos are you guys going to be at this year? You guys got any more planned or? Yeah. So, uh, this next week we're going to be at the Pacific Northwest Expo up in, Sweet. um, Redmond, Oregon. So that's going to be fun. That's first year for that one. So I'm way excited to see. Oh that yeah. That's all, I know. I wish I could make it to that too. That's awesome. Yeah. That one's going to be a blast. Um, after that, um, we have a couple, uh, just, uh, trips internally that we're doing. And then the next expo will be the mountain West expo in Colorado in August. Um, and then we have, of course, Expo East, which is October. And then we're going to be hitting in September, a couple of the California events. So the Santa oh, cool. show and the off-road expo in Pomona. Oh, sweet. Um, is the plan to hit those. Um, those are the main ones on the list right now. Uh, we just got back from the Northwest Overland rally, which was cool to have that one back up and running. Yeah. Up in playing. That's, that's, I wasn't able to go this year, but that's one of my favorite events as well. It's just a fun event, fun people. It's kind of low key, you know, it's not so high stress. Yeah. A little bit more and, intimate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fun, fun event to be at. That's cool. But that's what well, we've that's- got lined up so far. And then we've got a, we're going to actually combine our trip to um, Redmond to the bend area there. We're going to do a little content trip. So after the event, we're going to go over through the, to the coast and then go up the coast a bit. Um, we've got a couple, uh, fun little stops planned, which I've never done, which will be cool. Oh yeah. Um, so we're going to do that and then we'll head back through the Columbia river gorge back to Idaho, I think. Oh, sweet dude. I love that area. My gosh. I, I, uh, I used to. I used to play in a bunch of bands when I was, I mean, I still have a band now, but I used to tour before I was a fireman. That was my, that was what I did. I was a really? musician. Yeah. Yeah. And, That's uh, cool. Yeah. It was super cool. <laughs> when I was young, I was trying to make it in the music industry and it didn't go anywhere. Well, yeah. actually I was in a band with some of the, the guys from a band called Switchfoot. I don't know if you've heard of them, but like we got, got pretty far yeah. into the music industry and then it was like, you know, I'm not making the money that I want to make. And so I transitioned to the fire service and the rest is history. But anyways, when I was touring, we, a bunch of our legs that we did, um, were through that area. And I remember that specifically at this, um, this festival right on the Columbia river in Scamania, I think it's called Scamania fairgrounds. Uh-huh. There's this, uh, it's called the Valley of the falls. If you guys are driving through there, uh, Valley of the falls right across the river from that on the Washington side, 
is this little area called Scott Mania, and they have like the best freaking like clam chowder bowls at these restaurants. These like little, really? like, yeah, these like little hole in the wall places in this town. Yeah. Um, but we played a festival there, and uh, there's this bridge called the Bridge of the Gods. And while you're driving over this bridge, it's a toll bridge now. It didn't used to be, but as you're driving over this bridge, there's like it's all metal below you and there's like little sections that are like this big and they're all welded together. And as you're driving, it just goes like, you know, past you like this and you can see all the way through the water and it's like, I don't know, 200 feet down. Yeah. And so we always used to drive over that thing and hold the door open and be like, Oh my God, it's crazy. Or like walk over that thing at night before they, before they uh, closed it where it's a toll bridge, you could walk over it and we'd go like, you know, walk halfway down that bridge at middle night. And there was like hardly any railing at the time. And you're like so uh-huh. freaking far, you know, high up, but man, <laughs> crazy, crazy, like stupid stuff. But, um, yeah, that, that whole area is gorgeous, man. I, I really miss spending time up there is it's just, just beautiful. I have a friend that has, um, uh, uncle that has a, like a 40 acre ranch on the South face of Mount St. Helens that we'd go oh, stay wow. at and we'd like use that as kind of, you know, base camp and just, yeah, you know, just explore all that area and, Man, it's such a gorgeous area. I'm I'm jealous. That's gonna be rad. Get some rad content up there for sure. We're excited. We're way excited. We did a trip, I think in 2019 and did part of that area. Um, so we're gonna try to hit everything that we weren't able to hit on that trip. And so Sweet. yeah, we're all pretty excited about it. <laughs> I bet that's gonna be It'll epic. Be fun. Right yeah. on. Well, dude, it's been uh it's been awesome talking to you. It's been an hour and a half. So I know you gotta get back to work <laughs> doing your thing. I don't I don't all good. keep you so long, but um tell everybody uh, you know, um name, number, email, how they get a hold of you guys, uh, where they find you on social media and website and all that stuff. Yeah, so you can find us of course online at cbioffroadfab.com, princeu.com for the roof rack side of things. Um, of course, or just Google us and, and not only our websites, but our social media will come up. Um, we're on YouTube. We're on uh, Instagram. Um, all of that stuff is, is easily available and you can, you can reach us directly through any one of those channels. And um, yeah, I would just tell everybody out there, all the listeners, if, if, if they have any questions on any products to reach out, if they want to talk about their build and, and get some ideas going and start to, you know, get some, some plans in motion. Um, our team is great to help with that kind of stuff and, uh, kind of join in on the fun with the truck build. Cause it really is a fun thing to do. It's, it's one of those things that doesn't matter if you're buying one part or 10 parts or a whole build, right. It's, it's a fun process and we want people to enjoy the process. Cause to me, that is a big part of, of the excitement of overlanding. Yeah. And it's rad to be able to talk to people like you guys and be like, Hey, this is kind of my vision. Like, what do you recommend? Mm -hmm. Kind of what route do you think I should go? You know, I'm a beginner or I'm an advanced, you know, wheeling guy or or overlander or whatever. Super rad to have a company like you guys to, you know, to put that extra bit of effort into the customer to, you know, to help them through that stuff. Cause like you said, it motivates people, gets people like just super like stoked on what they're doing and, you know, and then it gives you that long-term customer, you know, um, that's yeah. going to stay with you guys. It's, they know they're going to get that service from you. And, you know, that's, that's awesome that you guys are doing that. But yeah. Plus we just enjoy helping people out. You know, it's fun to yeah. see. We've had customers over the years that have built multiple vehicles or had a long-term build going and, 
and we become friends with them. So we're following on their social media, (laughs) you know, every little thing they do. And it's fun to see the progression from a stock factory vehicle to, you know, whatever it is after the course of that build, you know, from mild to wild and everything in between. Yeah. It's like a piece of art, you know, and that it's, it's cool to see the beginning of that canvas and then the finished product or, or maybe as it, like you said, or maybe it changes over time and becomes completely different or, yeah, you know, I know I've done that with my rigs too, where I'm like, I, I'm not feeling this. I'm going to change this completely out and yeah. do something different. And it's just cool. It's just part of the creative, you know, process and making the vehicle into your customized you yeah. know, vehicle, which is huge for people. But Yeah, I totally agree. Totally. Yeah. But thank you for inviting me on. Oh I, man, I I'm so, I'm so awesome. appreciative of you to come on and spend the time with us. And, and uh, man, I'm, I can't, I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much. Tell the rest of the guys, thank you. And, and, uh, we'll definitely keep in touch with you guys and have you guys on like, you know, in another couple months, we'll get an update from you guys and see where you guys are at with that Lexus build and you know, the other ones and, and, uh, it'd be rad to have you back. Yeah. It'd be fun to bring the the engineering and, and fab team on, or at least bring a few of them on and yeah. go over some fun new projects with you guys. Absolutely. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Cool. Sounds great to me. Yeah. You guys have a great, great rest of your uh, weekend, I guess weekend uh, coming up. And um, thank you so much, man. All right. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate it. All right. Take care, man. Uh Bye. Bye Bye-bye. think with four of us spread out on a tiny island that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune into Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.